Hey guys, what's up? Here's my latest installment of Flick City. I have three interviews for you. They're very quick, short, to the point. These were virtual press day interviews that I had for Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I got this actress named Alba Baptista. You might not know the name. You will know very, very soon. She is, I believe... A star in the making. I haven't seen Warrior Nun, so I, I talked to her about Warrior Nun. It's a series that's on Netflix. It was, I believe, shot in 2019, was released in 2020, and I, I, I believe it was it was released to much fanfare. It has its base, its fan base. So there's they Netflix just announced that the second season of Warrior Nun is coming out this winter. So I was able to ask Alba Baptista not just about Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, a movie I really love. I, I this is a five star banger for me. That movie comes out on Friday, July 15th. It's headlined by Leslie Manville, and it's fantastic. Love, love, love this movie. And yeah, I, I got Alba Baptista for for the interview for this for this installment of Flick City, and it's like about a four four to five minute inter- interview. I asked her about the Warrior Nun and about this this movie, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. So yeah, she has she has a look. She has the acting chops. I believe she's got to go places in her life. I believe she's only. She's a very young person compared to me, definitely. The other movie is Neon Lights. Neon Lights does not open in theaters on on July 15th. Better yet for hermits like me and maybe hermits like you guys who would want to stay home, it's on digital and on demand. It is a very interesting movie. It's a, a psychological thriller. It might be a horror film. There might be some gore. There might be you know, not too much gore. There's some violence, but it, thankfully it's not all over the place. And it is a psychological thriller. You don't know what's real or what's not. It, it's weird. I don't really want to over-explain Neon Lights, but here is the plot summary for this movie. In Neon Lights, quote, guests begin disappearing in an off-grid location during a family reunion of misfit siblings and their offspring. Headlining this movie, by the way, is Dana Abram, who I had the pleasure of interviewing. He is also the the writer for this film, for Neon Lights. So he is the lead actor and the writer for this movie. And it is a very interesting project. It's, you know, it, it, what's interesting about this movie is in, on one hand, it's a thriller and it's frustrating because Dana Abram's character, he, he's a very smart cookie, smart guy, and he's very good in his field. He is affluent and he's trying to act he gets back these he's bringing back his family for the reunion at this again this remote location and they're a little bit annoyed with him or they're annoying with him and for a lot of the narrative he is very shut in and reserved and antisocial and does not how to interact know how to interact with his siblings and his family so much of this movie is just you wanting you wanting his character you want dana abrams character to actually break out of his shell and and make some steps in his life move forward also this movie it's sort of it one on one level it's a thriller but it's also a movie about mental health and the importance of just you know just um trying your best to focus on your own personal mental health and finding the people around you whether it's family members therapists psychiatrists psychologists doctors to help you in your journey uh, this universe this universal journey in in our lives so i found it a lot really i recommend this movie but what's interesting about this film is it will be a, a little bit divisive meaning the third act it can either work for you or absolutely just take you out for me it worked i like dana abram as a writer i like what he 
put down to pad on this. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he wrote from pen to pad. Oh, well, I'm an old person. I'm, I'm assuming he, he probably just wrote on his MacBook. But yeah, it's a good script. He He's a good actor. Really liked him in the lead role. And I really enjoyed how the events unfolded in Neon Lights. But again, my warning to you is there's it's a very specific movie. So I think there's going to be people who really glom onto it and what it's trying to say and love the whole aesthetic and genre, genre-fied aspect to it, which I dug. And also, it, it looks very pretty. It's a good-looking film, and I love what the director, I'm trying to pronounce the name, Ruzbe Hidari, did with the visual compositions for this indie project. It's a good-looking film. And also, what's really awesome is, yeah, it's a very interesting film, and... I get Dana Abram, and also I have Kim Coates. Kim Coates, I'm sorry, I was blanking. Kim Coates from Sons of Anarchy. He's very good in this movie as well. I don't really want to explain who he is within the fabric of Neon Lights, but he plays a very interesting, showy, intimidating type of character as a counterpoint to Dana Abram's character. So that is Neon Lights on digital, on demand, July 12th, as a time you'll probably be getting this or listening to this to this on July 12th. I'll hopefully I'll I'll put a link where you can get it on our show notes for Neon Lights and tell tell me and Anderson what you think of this movie. Again, just our emails are there. A lot of you guys hit up Anderson and tell him, hey, by the way, Greg, Greg was completely wrong about Mrs. Harris goes to Paris or bleep Greg, bleep Greg for for recommending Neon Lights. I want I want some feedback from you guys. Tell me what you think of any of these movies that you see over the week would love to hear your thoughts on these films as well so yeah again neon lights digital on demand july 12th mrs harris goes to paris on friday july 15th only in theaters it's a it's a focus features release it's going to be one of my top 10 of the year i just it's such a great feel-good movie about following your dreams and whatnot and leslie manville is just fantastic in this movie it got me almost teary-eyed watching this movie and this is yeah a top 10 possibly a top five but at the end of the year some people might not like it some people might might think it's just too feel goody for them and might be cynical and just think it's too manipulative for me yeah it is manipulative but it hit all the right notes for me and i i can watch this movie time and time again also starring in mrs harris coast to paris is isabelle huper and she's very good in this movie as well and jason isaacs was a great actor i, I think he was yeah last year was he was in mass that great drama mass and here he plays a um a bookkeeper who becomes who is one of clo- the close friends of mrs harris mrs harris played by leslie manville also before i did the interview with alba baptista i strung together a couple of just EP, electronic press kit sound bites from Alba Baptista where she talks about her character in the movie as well as the the theme of Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Okay? So for this, I'll put all of the the uh, time codes where you get where you can actually access all these three interviews, but first up it'll be Dana Abraham, then it'll be Kim Coates, and then finally it'll be Alba Baptista again for Neon Lights for those two guys, and then Alba Baptista for Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'll be we'll we'll be here later. I'll be here later this week. I'll re, re, what's here anyway? I'll be recording another episode of Cinematics with Anderson Cowan, uh, our North Star, and we will be talking about the rest of this month movies that you guys can watch. I am prodding him to go see Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. Hopefully by Friday when I see him, he might have seen Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris and he might take, I, I hope he loves it. I, I really hope he loves this movie if he gets a chance to watch 
that film as well. And it, oh, also for our cinematics for our cinematics Patreon, you can. I actually asked Abraham about um, Danny Abraham about the ending of Neon Lights, and that spoiler talk. I'll do a spoiler little segment later this week for our cin- exclusively for cinematics Patreon members. Thank you for supporting us on on Patreon. Also, I'll be posting up later this week a Take the Night spoiler discussion as well with that with that director and actor, Seth McTeague. Okay, so that is it. Also, there's going to be some more interviews that I'm going to be releasing later this week um, with actress Alice Kriga. She's in an upcoming film called She Will. All right, guys, thanks again, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye. Enjoy the, these interviews. I've been calling you. I call, you answer. That's how this works. Are you having dark thoughts, Clay? (laughs) Your board is looking to replace you as acting CEO. Is there any truth to that? I think it's time we deal with the traumas. It is time you reconnect with them. Well, well, it ain't the tech genius himself. Thanks for having us. This place is beautiful. Why don't I show you to your rooms and get you settled? There's lots of food. You can help yourself. Thank you. (laughs) Check out the lighting. Everybody gets their own rooms. What's upstairs? It's off limits. (laughs) He's always been on. Yeah, but not like this. Why are we here, bro? We don't see you for, what, 10 years, maybe? I just want to spend some time together. I hear you might lose your job in your own company. Losing your marbles, bro? What's happening, Clay? You're in control now. Where are they? Where are they, Clay? When will we stop this, Clay? What did you do? What did you do, Clay? Oh my God! What did you do? I've always been good to you, Clay. I've always been good to you. It must end. They must all be gone. They all must go. You must set yourself free. First off, Kim, Neon Lights, I'm a huge fan of horrors, horror movies, especially thrillers. I love it though when thrillers actually have some substance behind the actual entertainment value. I'm assuming that's a big reason why you jumped on as a producer and as an actor for Neon Lights. I, I have nothing else to say. I couldn't have writ, writ, wrote that better with my own people. Greg, that's the freaking truth. Everything you just said was the truth. Now, this movie has you know mental health at its forefront, obviously. Um, it's very you know Hitchcock. It's very psychological thriller. A little bit of horror. An incredible uh, things happen that you, you can't believe. You don't even know what's happening at times. Is it coming from Dana's head? Dana Abraham who plays Clay Armani. Um, I can't really talk about my character too much because you've seen the film. And it's so important for the people sitting their butts down in the theater or watching it at home to let Denver Kane, my character, sort of evolve from the beginning of the film through the middle to the end. But man, oh man, dude, you're so right. This encompasses so many themes. It's ridiculous. 
I'm, I'm pretty pumped at how just nurturing and collaborating with someone like Dana. Can you just t- talk about the, that collaboration? I asked him about you and he said, as great of a collaborator you are, mm-hmm. you're just a better person. And I know a lot of people say that, but I'm, I'm assuming that kindness is that a pretty much in a weird way an underrated superpower because you've been able to throughout your career work with so many different oh, people. That's so freaking great to hear, man. I, I don't know the answer to that. All I do know is unlike this movie, my parents raised me with such kind, loving uh, embodiment of, of a beautiful family. My two little brothers and me, we didn't have much growing up. But man, oh, man, it was a great household to be from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So I don't know. I think kindness is maybe ingrained in me and I'm far from perfect. But I will say this. Doing a movie like this and when they reached out to me, Greg, you know, they needed a bit of a name. They, they probably couldn't afford Kim Coates, but the script was so goddamn good. And my manager said, is there, you know, uh, is there part for, for Brenna, my, my daughter? And sure enough, he was thinking about giving uh, Brenna, Layla, the, the psychiatrist, you saw her work. She's amazing in this movie. Um, so it, it, it all worked that I was going to work with Brenna. I was going to work with Dana. I'm going to meet him. He's super kind, super smart. Uh, and you can imagine he wrote this thing. He co-directed it. I mean, Ruz Behadari directed this thing beautifully. And Dana and him are attached with the hip. So for me to start this movie, only a 15-day shoot, and for me to start the movie the first three days, I'd like to think that my my whatever I have helped lend a helping hand in this very, very dark film that has some enlightenment throughout that you can't stop watching. And you've never seen a movie like this before with mental health that deals with such themes that it deals with, that um, hopefully that kindness um reverberated through the rest of the cast and and it was a it was a really really good time you know i'm an uncle i'm very close to my niece that said i'm not a parent so what is i'm assuming that seeing your daughter really shine in this role pretty much supersedes anything else you've done in your career and talk about that sense of fear and nervous excitement and also immense joy that you have for her as as she embarks on her yeah that's awesome that you said that and i'll keep it as short as i can i mean that kid's been an actor her whole life Westwood School here in Los Angeles. She's been an actor her whole life. Theater, 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 theater. She auditioned for NYU. She gets into Tisch Acting Academy. She's got her degree. She's already been on Broadway and the Duke Theater in Poughkeepsie with a play called The Wolves. She won a Dora and a Drama, a Drama Desk Award uh, for Best Actor in both in that play, The Wolves. New York Times called it one of the best plays in 25 years on, on Broadway. Look, that kid doesn't need my help. That kid's all on her own. She's her own machine right now. But she's my daughter, and to to act with her, we did Jerusalem, this incredible play by oh. Jez Butterworth four years ago in Toronto. She came was right from Broadway to be in that with me. So to see her night after night after night in that play was unbelievable. And I've seen everything she's done. So she's well on her way, and it's just I'm really really proud for sure. Kim, you're just trying so many different things. Just what has your podcasting journey been like the last, you know, couple Dude, of years? have you seen that at all, Greg? I've listened to it. I, I've, I'm a huge fan of your series. And yeah, I love it. Isn't that but- just the most freaking unbelievable thing? Theo Rossi calls me up two and a half years ago, pandemic starting. What are we going to do? We should do this. I go, no, we don't. We, I've not, I haven't even seen the show. It was in 92 of 92 episodes of Sons of Man. No, let's do a re- re- We're almost done. And it's been the most fun. I mean, we just cut each other down all the time. Cut uh, It's just been the greatest thing. You're pro at it. Me and Theo are amateurs, but we have so many viewers, so many followers. It's nuts around the world. It's been a lot of fun, man. Yeah, and just a couple of quick questions. I'm a huge fan of, of Colebrook, and 
how special of an experience was that for you with William Fickner? And just, I'm sure that's a, that's a movie I feel as the years pr- progress, people will really take to what the, that movie is about as well. And right, you're a producer right, on it as well, too. Yeah, what a great thing to say. Yeah, Billy and I, we would never have been offered those two, you know, Jacody, uh, those those two janitors in that small town, because we're we're tough guys, we're bad guys, we're good, you know, we're we're these faces that we have, the high cheekbones, blue eyes. But Billy wrote that for me and him, and they waited till Sons of Anarchy was over. We raised the money through my Canadian producers in, in Calgary, and we shot that thing in Buffalo and Cortland, where it was supposed to be. And it's a movie about love. We don't even swear in that thing. There's no there's no violence. There's no sex. It's just one of those incredible for the whole family films. It turned out really, really well. And I think you're right. I think people, when they when they step on it, stumble upon it, go, wait, Fickner and Coates did this? What's this about? Really cool story. And my final question to you is just, uh, this is just an impossible question, but right off the top of your head, can you name one of your all-time favorite movies? And what is it about this film that still resonates with you as a, as a cinephile? You know, Greg, I really don't have favorites. I really got to, that's the honest truth. But I will say I've been very, very fortunate with all my hard work to go from stage to film, to TV, back to film, TV, and stage with Jerusalem, and to watch Brenna grow into this incredible artist that she's become. Pretty, pretty lucky dad, man. Pretty lucky husband. Pretty lucky guy. So no favorites. I, I enjoy all my work. I really do. And, and as, I'm, as I'm leaving, speaking of your work, it seems from looking at your resume, you, complacency is not part of the equation. <laughs> what keeps you going and dr- what drives you? Because you can easily take, I'm assuming, just take that vacation on, on a beach somewhere, but you I, don't. Great. Greg, you know what? I, I say no all the time. I'm so lucky to be in my position to be able to say no. And I'm older now, maybe wiser. I don't know if I'm any smarter, but I might be wiser. And I do take my odd vacation, so I'm all right that way. But I still want to produce. I still love to act. And I will direct one of these days. So I'll be talking to you soon. So I'll get ready for that. Kim, thank you so much for your time. Really enjoyed your film. Thanks, buddy. Really, really fun with you, Greg. Thank you. All right. Take care, man. See you, pal. Dana has permission to end it as soon as I ask a stupid question. You can just cut me out. So There's no such thing as a stupid question. Some of my professors used to say, so it's all good, bro. Oh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> now, okay, first off with my, my question for Neon Lights. This is a character that is just so layered. How do you – obviously, you're a credited writer with this. It's amazing uh, work, by the way. But just wondering about the, the challenge of taking on this role because so many secrets and so many layers. Well, you know, I hadn't had a lead role before, so I said, if I'm going to go for it, I might as well go for it on the first one. <laughs> All jokes aside, you know, we just really worked on the character, Ruzbe and I, the director of the film, uh, really early. We started working on him pretty much uh, mid-July, early August, and the world hadn't opened up yet, and um, everything was kind of secluded, so... All of the nervous tensions and everything that we were all really feeling throughout that time really just got put into um, clay and got to manifest itself. Uh, further to that, we would just hold, uh, you know, we had a journal. Uh, I would go to a restaurant as things were kind of opening up and dress like him, and eat like him, just see how that kind of played out and how I felt about everything. And uh, by the time we got to camera, I remember being clay felt more normal and natural than even myself, just because I felt like it just was manifesting into him or all of my behaviors are manifesting into him. It, you know, I think neon lights will appeal to people who are into maybe a subgenre of horror and thriller, but I really appreciated how it really has a universal theme. Can you address that regarding mental health and no matter what happens, you know, whatever breakthroughs we have it's still a day-to-day process that we have to go through. And just talk about that element. I, th- I think it's very important. 
Greg, that's such a great question. Thank you for asking that. Um, I think the big thing about Neon Lights for Ruzbe and I were ab- absolutely not just creating an entertaining uh, thriller and horror piece, but something that really resonated with the audience. Specifically, uh, we're still feeling uh, all of the effects of the two-year pandemic that we've had where we've been inside our homes. And the big thing about mental health is something that I've dealt with since I was 2021 when I first started addressing it uh, with depression first, and then it really got into really bad anxiety that manifests itself into social interactions, is that it never really goes away. You just have to figure out how to deal with it day to day, how to understand when you're going down moments where you might be kind of falling into a rut. And so pulling yourself out of that just becomes a habit and, and, a, and any, like any sort of um, you know, disability in any way, you just have to work through it. And that's what Neon Lights really focuses on. The mental health capacity of the film, or the theme of the film, really just focus on working through all of your particular issues day to day. And it's never just, it never just goes away or evaporates. And so despite it being a thriller and entertaining piece, it does focus and resonate to people who may uh, see themselves in clay themselves. Yeah. What's it like having Kim as a collaborator and a producer on this project? I'm sure you must have learned a lot just on your journey with the director and the cast and crew, but having someone like Kim by your side must have really helped that that journey for you. Yeah. I mean, Kim came on pretty early. Uh, the minute he came on, it was around mid-August, and he had he interviewed Ruzbe and I first to make sure we weren't insane. Um, after, that, after that juncture, he... Uh, you know, he gave us notes on the script and we made some changes and, um, you know, he'd approve some things and he'd say, oh, what about this thing? And he's such a lovely person to work with. The more than just somebody I learned a ton from on set as a mentor, you know, he's a brilliant performer, but he's a better person. And there's just a, a really, uh, there's, it's a testament towards his character. He's somebody that I, I speak to quite frequently. Uh, on a personal level, he's somebody I can reach out to and just speak about how I'm feeling about any given topic, and he'll be able to aid you in that. Uh, to give you an example, on the day, uh, we had a world premiere on Sunday, this past Sunday. I texted him at 10 in the morning and said, I think I'm going to throw up. And he just gave me a little pep talk because he's been there and he's done it already, and he just understands how to execute and be professional. But he also hasn't lost the touch of being a human being first. And that, that just speaks volumes about his character. You know, I, I, I'm going to put you on the spot here, but, I, you know, I've, I've been doing this, I've been doing press check-ins for the last 30 plus years, and it's very rare for me to see people with the same um, <laughs> pigmentation actually produce, write, and be a lead in their own film on the bigger bigger picture. And there's not, no, along with mental health, just that, that idea of the bigger picture of pe- having people like us at the forefront of cinema. I think that's must mean a lot to you. You know, when I saw your name on the on, on the press uh, kit there, I was really excited and really proud to have this one because, you know, uh, it's re- super challenging for our like us. I'm born in Dhaka, Bangladesh, and we immigrated to Canada in 1997. My mom's a single mom. I have three sisters, and they were all there at the world premiere. And it was a really special moment for all of us. But in a, lar- in a larger spectrum, um, to be able to show out for our people, uh, anybody from Southeast Asia, from Bangladesh, India, Pakistan, Middle East, there's 1.2 billion of us in the world. Uh, it means a lot to me. Uh, I speak the languages fluently, Hindi, Bengali, Urdu. Um, you know, for me to be able to do something where I can showcase our abilities as a culture, as a community, and, and to be able to host uh, what I believe uh, is probably going to hopefully inspire other children from our communities to go and seek entertainment as a profession, not just being a doctor or an accountant and what have you 
means a lot to me as a person, and I know it means a lot to my family as as, as a community at large, for sure. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate Neon Lights and what it had to say. Thank you so much, man. It really means a lot to me. And I hope to interview interview you very soon and down the road a lot more. So I'd love to, man. I'd love to. Thank you so much. All right. Take care, man. Cheers, bro. The film is about this woman who's brave enough to actually put her life on hold to aim to dream bigger and to follow her dreams and to create new ones as well and um, search for a new reality which is brave. Natasha, my character, she is uh, one of the models um, of uh, Dior. She's the, at the moment when we find her in the film, she is the face of the Dior um, house. Um, so she's, she's, she's have, she, she has quite a reputation amongst Dior um, and the high class. Um, however, she does struggle with um, existential questions and life choices, as I mentioned before, where she wonders uh, if this is the right path she took. And Natasha is, a, is, a, is such a beautiful and dense character to me because there's such a mystery behind her. And this is what Tony and I want to really um, transpire is the mystery behind her. Where does she come from? Uh, how did she get there? Is she French? Is she, where, 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 where is she? Who is she? And um, that's for the spectator to, to create their own conclusions, which is beautiful. Hi, I'm Greg Srizavasi with Deepest Dream. Pleasure to meet you. Hi, pleasure. You know, so this movie really took my breath away. And wondering for you, the first time you read the screenplay, did you have this, a similar sentiment upon reading the script? Absolutely. Absolutely. I thought, I thought it was a bit kismet as soon as I got the script. Um, just, just because of this, this character that I could very easily relate to and that your fashion house history from the fifties was already a decade that I really admired from, from Dior. Um, so I, I just thought it was meant to be. And luckily here we are. <laughs> I, I know it's hard to put into words within like 60 seconds, but the idea just working within this production, the production design and with actors like Isabel Huppert and Leslie Manville, I'm sure. What was that overall experience as far as in your acting journey? Did you learn a lot from this experience? 100%. I mean, you always learn a lot if you, if you choose to want to. And, and in this film, you, it was very easily <laughs> um, uh, an environment of growth. Um it was it was surreal. It was a surreal experience, uh, beyond words, uh, beautiful, and just to have had the, the the honor to have worked with these great actors and for all departments. Like it was just a it was a phenomenal film set. Truly, it was very easy to be immersed in this universe into this universe. So um, I feel very fortunate to have had that experience. You know, this this movie's got to really, in my opinion, it's got to be a, a huge hit, a, a cinematic gem. But do you think really it's popularity will lie on just the idea the theme of just being kind to one another i mean the simple fact is that the theme that resonates with you regarding this film absolutely i, I isn't that a beautiful message that it, it's always nice to remember um i i love that this film is is you know it's, it's a female led led character that is just a strong woman that's ahead of her time and chooses to follow her dreams in a time that that's perhaps not um, even an option for many. So, so it, it, it's a breathtaking film, it really is. Speaking about yeah. following your dreams, as a child, were you a fan of cinema? Is that what led you to this path, or was it TV, or just acting in general, which led you to this track? 
I, I've always been a fan of creativity in whatever form that might be. Um, I've, I've, I, I loved to paint and draw and, um, music and, um, just every, a lot of different branches within the creativity tree and then acting kind of came along unexpectedly and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the, um, with the development of emotions and, and controlling of all of that. You know, final question on your Instagram, you mentioned that, you know, uh, with Warrior Nun, it's like in the winter, it's bloodier this time. For you as an actor, how much, how much hurt and <laughs> did you put your body through? And maybe in a way that's a creatively gratifying experience within the big picture of what you put yourself emotionally and physically through this experience. <laughs> yes, I, I, I loved the challenge of having to balance the physical and the emotional altogether. Um, we had the best stunt crew possible, imagine what is possible. So uh, it was an honor and it was, it was painful physically <laughs> a lot of times, but I think it's worth it to just have the experience of that. And um, I think the end result is going to be pretty cool. Great. And as I'm leaving, very quick question, right off the top of your head, can you name one of your all-time favorite films? And what is it about this specific movie that resonates with you today? Uh, I think one of the first films that really impressed me was this, this streetcar named Desire. Um, I just, that female performance, the lead female performance was just so breathtaking to me of of given that time and having a woman that's perhaps not as um going through the norm of fashion at the time um was was something that really impressed me and i always kind of want to roll like that <laughs> thank you so much for your time really love the film and looking forward to, to season two thank you very much okay, have a good you. day you too bye-bye